Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know you want to do it, just do it. Uh, calm. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this ah, episode of There He Goes, the Flats of Shanks Six Nations Pod. We're just caught the Guinness Six Nations Pod. Sorry, Sam Scott, Verve. Um, yeah, this is it. This is the unofficial pod because no one wants to pay us. Got no friends. We haven't, we haven't got, asked anyone to pay us. I don't think. <laughs> got no grand. We should have. We should. Those orcs are doing we well. Should. Hey, those orcs are doing well. We should do we we should try and like do a pod do our pod properly sometime yeah like this we've, is it. we've talked about we've talked about it a few times but we just don't do it and that's right. fine because we like as it is hold but... that thought hold that thought ready hello everyone welcome to the guinness six nations podcast with myself tom shanklin and my partner in crime monsieur david flatman now what a weekend of sport we have had three Epic games. It started off on Friday night with France versus Ireland, then carried on on the Saturday with Italy versus England. Finished with one of the best comebacks, nearly, we've ever seen since Rocky Four. Now, to dissect all of this rugby action, this analysis, welcome, David Flatman. You've done well there, considering it. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> Are we going to get sued by Guinness? No, we're calling it the Guinness Six Nations. That's what it is. Oh, right. Yeah. We're not pretending we've partnered up. No. We should partner up, really, because... Bloody right, the amount I drink. I know. And it's like, do you know, like, um, we've, all, we've all done it, where you partner up with a brand and you're like, do I like the brand? That's fine. But actually, they're, they're sort of paying my mortgage at this stage, partly. So I'll say I like it. Everyone does that a bit. And the older you get, I think the less inclined you are to do that, actually. But Guinness is one of those ones where it's like, I look at the people they're using and think they're great, and I see why they've chosen them. And I do wonder to myself, are they drinking Guinness at home, these people? Maybe, maybe not. And um, for me, it's like, I, I actually... Also, this is, this is going to sound... I drink it at home, but also, when I go to the pub, that is what I drink. But... I also keep it some Guinness in my car, which doesn't sound appropriate, but my mate, you know, you've met, have you met Weird Ollie yet? No, Weird Ollie, um, basic bloke, but nice enough. He, if ever I need driving around anywhere, he drives me around in my car, right? So it sorts met. him out, sorts me out. You met Ollie, yeah. Oh, funny looking bloke. He looks, he looks like he's been on steroids for years because he's got a really square jaw. Yeah, and he wants to drive in budget smugglers. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, I I drove. I was in town for a drink with him, but Christmas drink with him before Christmas. And Danny Grucott was in town with his kids, and he joined us for a drink. And the next day, he was like, "Yeah, your mate Ollie is he on the gear? He's got a very square jaw, as in the steroids." I said, "No, he's he's always had that since he's a kid." Anyway, um, because my my Land Rover, um, it's got a fridge in the centre compartment. You remember those? It's got a fridge in there. 
So Ollie will generally keep my fridge stocked up with a couple of Guinnesses. So when he picks me up from somewhere at night, I can have a Guinness on the motorway on the way home from a can. That is luxury, being driven in your own car, having a can of Guinness. Mm. But my point is, they don't sponsor us, but they, they probably should. Like, that's, that's what I think, really. All I can think of there is a couple of cans of Guinness. I'm just thinking, you'll have to have a pit stop. Need a wee. That'll annoy me. I'd rather get back. If, if I recline my seat too much and my body feels like it's kind of stretched out a bit, then I need a wee. If I cramp myself up, I can basically compress my bladder and not wee for like six, I'm like eight hours at a time. I'm like a dog, mate. I can just go eight hours. Like a camel. Isn't it weird that yeah. weird is the appropriate word as well? Like everyone's got a mate and they call it, like you've got one called Weird Ollie. I got one called Weird Andrew. They're just. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Just everyone's got a little one, a, a mate that's just, just not, not right. And you think. The, the life they've made for themselves, the lifestyle they've found works for them. If certain things hadn't fallen into place, sliding door stuff, certain, certain pieces hadn't fallen into place, they could be in prison. When I say not right, I just think they're probably a little bit, they've got a dark sense of humour. Yeah. A little, well, iffy. Um, but yeah, so I do enjoy Guinness. Um yeah, we're not sponsored. This is this wasn't a play to get sponsored, actually. Uh, since you're asking, but yeah, we also enjoy Field and Flower, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> actually, do you know what? As we're recording, of course, you can't see it on because um, you're listening at home. At some point, we might one day actually video these pods and do them properly. But I'm holding my phone up now to the screen, and while you were talking, I quickly got an email that I was I'm quickly reading before I put my phone on Do Not Disturb, and I hold it up to the camera. And you'll see what it is. We're expecting your field and flower parcel. That is literally what I'm doing now. Um, I'll put it down. I've, I've got a um, got a spatchcock garlic chicken. Which what you call me? I'm gonna try and cook tonight. Oh, nice. Yeah, I had gammon nice. the other night. It was. Oh. What you call me? Yeah, good, nice. Mm. Have you had? Well, you... last night. Go on. Go on. No, you, I, you, you remember? You know Samo. I Paul Sampson, wasps, bath. Played for Worcester for a bit. Um, England winger slash fullback. He came over last night with his son, Oscar, and my godson. Um, I'm not a brilliant godfather. ADHD self-diagnosed means that I'm not very good at maintaining um, contact with things and being consistent. But I send money and like vouchers to Island clothing, which is what he really wants. So I do that. And uh, he came over last day, came over last night, and we did uh, eight burgers eight field and flower burgers and two bavette steaks um and we had a lovely time thanks oh delicious yeah. it was smash the burgers do you smash the burgers no the, do you know what the field and flower ones i don't they're, they're actually because i find most burgers a bit underwhelming um unless you're in a swanky burger joint like a good burger joint not swanky good one but the field and flower ones and we're not sponsored i'm just saying this they are actually so good that I just leave them. But I tell you what I do. I stick them in a pan, obviously. Always have a lid on the pan for burgers, always. And I just tip some water. When the pan's hot, I tip, chuck a bit of water in there or beer or anything, whatever you've got in hand. But I just have water. Steams up, put the lid on, and then your burgers are super moist. So you don't lose That's all the moisture the out of the burger. That's what I do when I put the cheese oh, on. Oh, cheese as well. Once I've flipped them, yeah. I put the cheese on and I always a lid with burgers. Always. I always smash them now. Always smash them. I think the texture is better. Yeah. yeah. What do you lose? What do you use then? You've got a burger smash press. Them. I've got a big like, oh, iron yeah, burger okay. press. Yeah. Which time, but yeah. You, can, you, you can use a plate, put a little bit of um, sort of, I know, greaseproof paper under a yeah. plate, push it down. That's all you got to yeah. do, and and it, but you I've get never a, done that. I need to do that. Yeah. You get a really good crisp on it as well, mm. which is which is. The you key. don't cook them for very long, then. Yeah, no, there's no risk of overdoing. Then, you put, it, then you put your cheese on, put the lid on, bit of water in there, and then it melts, yeah. and obviously toast your buns. So yeah, it's good times, isn't it? And yeah, the kids, the kids, and uh, when they got out of the car this morning at school, um, I hate people who drop their kids off at school in four by fours. Anyway. Um, they got out of the car and I. they said, Daddy, what's for dinner tonight? Uh, sorry, they said supper. They said supper. I'm going to admit that in public. They say supper. Papa, what's Papa, for supper? Papa, what's, what's for supper? the supper? Papa, what's Papa. the supper? I, I, got, I read this thing on Twitter years ago. This woman who I followed is really funny. I forget who it was. She's really funny. And Don't she said, 
Hey, no, no, no. She's my she's my all time favorite. Miranda, um, Miranda. Uh, anyway, this one, and she said, "I think the worst, whatever it is, the most basically pretentious um, class dividing word in the UK in the English language is supper." And she said it in, fun, in a funny way. The word supper. As soon as you say supper, you're not one of us, and you're basically a bell end. And I was like, "Hang on a minute." And I replied and said, "Hang on a minute." Like. I do get that, and supper is sort of a posh word, but also my nan was a nurse from Liverpool and she said supper and supper, you know, like, and my other nan was like not posh and from the northeast, a place called Towlaw, which was described as the armpit of the United Kingdom, a mine, basically a mining town near Newcastle, Durham County. And it's like, than the she asshole. said supper. Yeah, better than us. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't think it is always posh. Anyway. My kids are pretentious and they say supper and I say, well, what do you want? You have whatever you want. And they said, we want sweet potato mac and cheese. So I said, get out of my car and make your own way home tonight. We're, we're going to do a, um, probably a lamb shoulder because we haven't had steak, had steak last night. So lamb shoulder tonight. Yeah. You've got to eat well, mate. And any white meat? I will, you know, any fish? The no, I do do I might have fish for lunch actually. I don't eat like this multiple nights in a row all the time, but I'm actually going like it's Tuesday today, isn't it? And tomorrow work work sort of starts. Oh, yeah. I'm gone till Monday then. See, I'm gone yeah. till Monday, so I'm gone till Sunday. You know, I look at it genuinely, I'm not being a type a bit like to eat like we ate last night and we're gonna eat tonight every night, it it is that is an expensive way to eat, and I get that. But with work for the next five or six days, we're basically lunches and dinner type situation where we're being crude about it. We're basically not paying for our own food. So <laughs> you might as well tuck in for a bit while you're at home. We're at Smith it's true and though, isn't it? Yeah, we're at Smith and Walensky's yeah. tomorrow. Oh, with God, we're having steak for lunch tomorrow. Hey, get this, get this. So I set up yeah. um, the marquee on, on Saturday uh, and Andrew Cotter popped his head in, as he always does, before hello, he goes to hello, the country. Hello, 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 hello. And he had a big briefcase. With him, a brown one. A br well, I wouldn't say a briefcase. It's a brown leather satchel, I would say. Looked expensive. Full of cash and cocaine, knowing Cotter. Yeah. So what you got in there, mate? And he said, I've got a, a portable printer. John Barkley asked him if he could bring a printer. So you got a portable printer for John Barkley to print his notes out before commentary. Oh, my God. I, I, I've never, ever heard of that on a rider list before. I knew Cotter, no. Cotter, Cotter would definitely have one. He probably had a little camping stove in there as well. Rustled up, yeah. rustled up probably some mushrooms. I'd imagine him loving mushrooms on toast. He, he seems that sort of kind of guy. Um, he's forage for in the Scottish Hills. Yeah, he's yeah. been up there with his dogs, and he's gone under the snow, and he's found some mushrooms, which are um, delicate delicacy. In um, what no one knows is he had three dogs, um, and one of them. Are he fed the wrong mushrooms to and lost it, which is a shame. But no one, he doesn't like, he doesn't mention that in his books, I don't think. He, he always tries the mushrooms out on his dogs to see if they're safe because animals actually have a much better sixth sense than we do as for things for things that are poisonous and things that aren't. And he always tries them out on his dogs. And um, you know, I don't want to like start a big rumour mill on social media, but he had three dogs and killed one of them um, using it as, an, as a medical experiment on mushrooms. And it's a real shame because... It sort of undermines his reputation a little bit as Mr. Nice Guy because you and I know better than that. Um, what would you do if yeah, I said dog. to you? What would you do if I said to you, "Ah, oh, flats, do me a favour, will you? Can you bring a printer to comms for me." I'll put the phone down. Yeah. I'm sitting now in my office, sort of snug thing, and I've got a printer, and I have kids that do homework and stuff. And I have never. I'm 44, and I have never managed to have a printer at my house that works properly or consistently. I've bought new printers. I've now stopped. I'm not doing it anymore. They I work. can't print anything out. They work, but you've got to use them constantly. Otherwise, the ink dries up. you just got to buy new ink all the time. So yeah, That's it. I'll have, I'll have it to print though. something. I'll have to print something for the kids like once a month. And it would cost me like 60 quid for an ink cartridges because yep. they've all dried up by then because I don't use it very often. Because no, paper, paper sort of gone now isn't it everything's online so you don't really need to print too much out you could sign documents online mm. you'd have to scan documents too much um it just but it just breaks me but anyway um lack of preparation by john barkley but 
commentary was superb, so can't fault them too It was much. really good. His commentary was really, really good. And I think I I think I texted you that or someone else during the game. I was going to text him and I thought, no, it's too creepy crawly, but I thought he was great. And I must say, watching yeah, Wales Scot Wales Scotland, I we well, we might talk about rugby at some point, we should do really. But um it's the Six Nations, but I was I must say I'm you know, if if I didn't like it, I just wouldn't mention it. But I really enjoyed listening to Jiffy and uh, Barks and Cotter. I really enjoyed that. And I I kind of like the Jiffy bits I like. You know, when everyone says numbers, the stuffy shouts, somebody makes a mistake. Goes, oh, no. Oh, oh no. And I, I remember being told early on in my co-coms career, if you're not actually speaking, move the mic away because people don't want to hear, oh, oh, oh. And actually, I really like it. I like that. I like those bits from Jiff because I imagine him sitting there annoyed or frustrated or whatever and that's kind of what i want from him i don't want it from every commentator but like, i don't want ben k to get angry or whatever because he's not he he will criticize people without being venomous and i like that about ben but i like jiffy i like how naturally he is on the mic i thought it was great he said during the game is in the second half he said it's like the hong kong sevens it's amazing it yeah was great it was a great allergy um he's been there's something out at the moment on It'd probably be on iPlayer. It's called Slammed. Um, it's about the... They've done different eras. So the I did the first one, which was about... Sort of yeah, like I remember, yeah. The second one's about the 70s. Um, this one's about the 80s. It's amazing. It's my favourite one so far. 70s was good, because obviously that was the greatest team we've ever seen. But mm. the 80s is... Obviously, I can relate to it a lot more, because you remember a lot of them. Mm. A lot more. You know, you, the 70s, you have to watch back but you were sort of living it in mm. the 80s and it's brilliant because it's all gearing up towards all the Welsh players leaving for rugby league and it's amazing right so yeah it's, it's great fun like the, the world cup the first rugby world cup they have and what Wales finished third I think that's the they beat Australia um which was the the Those best days. yeah the best result they've had well they, well, they the might have won so it except far. for Warby I don't want to keep going on about what Warby did, but he knows what he did, doesn't he? No, yeah, he did on purpose, mate. He's just trying to think of life after. That's rugby. why he works out so hard. He's just trying to exercise his demons, isn't he? Yeah, exactly that. But it's good. It's brilliant. Um, I loved it. And Jeff obviously stars in that a fair bit. Um, I watched that. Griselda, have you done Griselda yet? No, no, I haven't got All time, right. mate. I'm too busy. Okay. No, I've also forgot. Um, no, we're trying to watch Criminal Record at the moment on what's it on Prime, I think. Okay. Um, good. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, it is. It's got... Oh, I can never remember anyone's name. I'm rubbish at this. Um, the bloke who was the really aggressive... Uh, the really aggressive... Um, Tory whip in Thick of It. Um, anyway, I've forgotten his name. But it's Michael, really, Michael, really good. Michael Camolabolia? Blolia? Oh, no. Gotten. It's really, really good. Right. Um yeah, we're, we're, it's good. It's good. We're enjoying that. That's good. And also watching Jodie Foster in True Detective and not quite sure about that, but persevering for a bit. And if it gets a bit supernaturally, we might find that fading out. Don't watch the last I'm not one of these people then. that has to finish a series because I've started it. Don't I'm, watch the last yeah, episode then. Uh, yeah. 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 That's all I'm going to say to you. All right. But we, we, as a family, we are very much enjoying Gladiators at the moment. Oh, who's your favourite? Um, uh, not saying. Right. Um, Viper. No, Diamond. Diamond. Saber. Uh, but all the girls in the house like Legend. Yeah, I like Legend. They love Legend. And I also like Giant. Yeah. Yeah. They hammer people in the uh, gauntlet. It's brilliant. Well, do you know what? The first episode or two, I was like, they're. I was like, stick me in there. You'll be better than these guys. They're wimp. They're like weak. You've got whack people. And now they've obviously been told, step it up a bit in the gauntlet. And they are burying people. The last one. The last one. Oh, he's, got, he's got like a long, he's got a long tube, whoever it is. It's, it's often giant. He just hammers them. Mate, he battered them. them. We would actually be really good at that. Yeah. We would We would get through that all right. And Powerball. Uh, and Powerball. And uh, is it Harry or Henry, Harry Akinzariti, the... Uh, what's he called? But the rig on him is just an outrage, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Me. Is is he nitro? Um, nitro, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolute rig city, mate. Um, couldn't get a fat if you wanted to. That bloke, 
nope. couldn't get no, fat if you got wanted nice to. Nice little dance as well, isn't he? He comes out right like that. Yeah, he's good. He's good. He's got big traps which separate. They separate the men from the boys. The traps because anyone can build a chest event, but if you haven't got traps, yeah. I, I'll have a look at his calves and see how he's doing on that front. But because <laughs> he was a sprinter, you don't, don't want big calves. Don't have big calves. And the like reason, resources. yeah, the reason you don't want big calves as a sprinter, despite what you might imagine, is that. And I found this out because I believe I didn't ever ran very fast, but I used to struggle quite a lot with my relative once a season or so with my hamstrings. And that is because when you, your legs extend, it's your hamstrings that pull your feet and therefore your calves back in. So if you've got really big, heavy calves, it's like putting weights on your ankles yeah. and running. Your hamstrings have got to pull those calves back in. And I used to be like, I couldn't wear the club socks. I had to wear special socks, that sort of stuff. And everyone's like, oh, monster cast. I was like, mate, I'd very happily chop these in half if I could just. I can't warm them up. They cramp. They kill my hamstrings, and I can't wear normal socks. Yeah, I'd love mate, to get rid of them. Pair of Ralph Lauren shorts on the beach. They look mint. Oh, mate, I'm in. My, I'm back. Oh yeah, I'm happy for them now. Yeah, I'm all right with them now. Yeah, because um, people will spend their whole life in a gym trying to get cars like that. Yeah, you can't. And they, they won't even get near it. No, no. I see guys. I see guys in my gym doing. Heavy like calf workouts, all different angles, hitting calves, and good on them. Yeah, go for it. They are hard to build, I think. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We're going to have to get into it. Six Nations now. I loved your commentary. On, I think I did text you. I think I did text you. Cheers. You did actually, which you don't. Well, I don't always, always, I don't often, and I don't, I don't want always you to always because if then it doesn't but mean anything. I, I, so yeah, got home for an event. I hosted an event for Cardiff Rugby Community Foundation with Steve Spears and Joe Ledley. Spearsy was amazing. Ledley was was class. And I just as soon as the oh, event ended, nice. I didn't drink. Straight in the car, said goodbye to everyone. They carried me out like their poet society. Got in the car, drove home, game on. In my bed, loved it. Loved it. Great opening game. Yeah. yeah, really good. Scratching balls, lovely. It was, I, yeah, I mean, you know, apart from anything else, we'll talk about the game, but getting to, obviously with the other co-coms and stuff like Dars is great and we're, we're all kind of, you know, it's, he was a much better player than I was, but we're all kind of peers, you know, we're all similar ages and stuff. Um, but, I still, like, I've done a hundred games with Miles Harrison now, probably, and or fifty games, and done some really big ones with Miles, and and getting to getting to work with the people you grew up listening to, like getting to commentate with Miles and you know Cotter very occasionally, and Alikin and Nick Mullins, just like oh man, they're just you, yeah, a week to week you almost you turn up, you turn up, and you, and you like, turn up like this. Miles ah, yes. on Friday night, he doesn't have good hands today. Yeah, and you, you know, he won't listen to this because he only would only listen to useful pods, I'm sure. But it's just like wow. And he sums things up, and he, he summed it up perfectly, which is why I mentioned him because he said it might not be a classic, it might not have been the classic game we all wanted, but it's a classic performance from Ireland. And I thought that's about right, actually. And 
but Ireland were just before the villains, uh, absolutely mega. Yeah, mega. they were even before the villains. France uh, are really disappointed. Uh, double yellow, really poor. Card. France were under a lot of pressure before that. I think Italy, Italy. I think Ireland would have won regardless mm. whether they had uh, France had fifteen or fourteen men on the field because they looked that good. Mm. I actually thought at the start mm. of the campaign, I thought this the winner of this game will win the Six Nations. And whoever wins it will, I think, go on to win a Grand Slam. Um, but I did pick France as my favourites because it was a close call. And I just thought maybe that home advantage would be the difference. Both obviously hurting after the World Cup exit. And I just thought being in France, that might be that extra 5% France would need. And I nearly, I nearly put on the end of that, because I did mm-hmm. some stuff for TNT, I knew you put sort of in brackets on the end of that, if their discipline holds it out. And Willem Serp was, I mean, he was probably lucky that the first one wasn't a red card. The second one was a red card. But surely, mate, you've got to be squeaky mm. clean after that first one. Like, there was, he's the second man in the tackle. He's upright. Connection with shoulder to head. There is, There's just no option at all. You run the that's what you run the risk of if you go in high like that into contact these days. Yeah. Yep. And he was already yep. tackled. So really poor discipline. He was already but tackled. What I would say, Flatty, is it just it Ireland mm. just there's no doubt they've got amazing players. Really intelligent players. And whether that intelligence just comes from being coached at a young age by good coaches, or whether that, which I think a lot of it comes from the actual Irish coaching team and, and sort of sitting these players down and and just educating them on how they want the team to play because they realign so quickly. They play with so much movement, like like they always have done. And it, it is, they've set the tone really of, of how I want to see rugby being played because they play with, they play with width, they play tight, they play with loads of movement. So you don't know who you're going to get. You look at that, you know, look at the tries they created. They were amazing. That Bundyaki offload to uh, Jameson Gibson Park. It's quality. It's quality play. The Tyg Burn try. They've set France up for that because all the balls are going out the back, especially off Crowley. All of a sudden then, you've got two players running behind the back of Tyg Burn. I think it might be Dante doesn't know who to take. And Crowley knows he's going to put it short because his eyes have gone the, the wrong way. And it's mm. a brilliant ball. And I thought Jack Crowley was was excellent considering there were huge shoes to fill for Johnny Sexton. Um, did you notice in comms that yeah. I, I noticed the eyes on Crowley? I can't remember everything you said. Well, you weren't listening properly. I said, watch the eye. I said, watch Crowley's eyes here. Yeah. He looks past, and that's what throws. I think it was Dante. Yeah, throws Dante. You know, brilliant. And then it was like great shout. And then yeah, the, you got producers saying great spot flats and that sort of stuff. Anyway, so you had Miles, Gordon, Darcy, and me, and the seats for the pundits were a bit low, so you couldn't see the game brilliantly. So Drico actually came up to watch the game and just sat on an extra seat next to me. And as like Mars and Dars were doing their bit, Gordon were talking about that try. I looked at Dricko and just said, Poor, that was good, you know. And he was like, Yeah, the eyes, Crowley's eyes. And I turned back round and I said, Look at Miles, if, if you look at the eyes on Jack Crowley, and everyone's like, Oh, well done. That's and Dricko is like, You twat. <laughs> and then um and then um he he was sitting there for the second half making notes and the lads are talking and I just looking over at Dricko's notes, seeing is there anything I can nick. And he said Crowley, something like something along the lines of Crowley, excellent second half. Two uh, two touch slide conversions, hugely important. Um and then I was like right before the end, near, near the end, I was just like, um and I said, I think Jack Crowley in second half, there's two touchline conversions. I think they're actually really important kicks. They really set a turn and they're big for him. And th- those were actually big moments, whatever I said. And I looked around to see Drico laughing, but it'd gone. Anyway, so he didn't know I'd said it, and he went in the post match and said exactly first, the same thing that I said. So, you said it so first. I, I deliberately made it. Big, I deliberately made it sound like he was copying me. So the match, yeah. Well done, bro, bro. Jeepers, jeepers. Love, yeah, love watching him. He's some boy. I was talking to talking again to Adrika about him, and 
here's like this guy's hardly played he's really young and yet he's in all he's in the island squad repeatedly and we're like well why is he there like he must have something about him you speak to the lads in camp and they're like yeah he's he's really got something about him he's a bit different and then James Ryan isn't, I think, arguably isn't on the form, his form of, in the form of his life. He's dropped off a little bit, but he's still a high performer. And you could say that Ireland in the World Cup, when they took him off, fell apart. So he's still a very important player. But actually, you just can't argue with him being benched for big Joe Mack because I thought he was Not fantastic, like yep. banging and clanging the yeah. whole game, super competent. No, And he, he hasn't played much. He's a young bloke and... As Drico said afterwards, if you're going to have a lid like that for your first start, you know, you better play well. I thought he was. Yeah, I thought they I thought might have missed great. Matt really, Hansen really a bit good. more. But really enjoyed watching him. Um, Nash scores a nice try in the corner. But yeah, I know. It, they just... No, but they didn't really. They didn't really use him much, did they? I would, you, he's Matt everywhere. Was playing, he's everywhere. He but I, I just thought he's quite a big Nash, player for them, even thinking. though he's on the wing. Yeah. There's, there's still of instances where he's on the ball especially in attack but they didn't mm. well Damian Pano's on the wing and he wasn't great Friday night but, but what about team without him when he's on DuPont. form so you, you know missing him uh, but yeah for... miss it yeah with that but Luku to be fair Luku did, did not have a good game on Friday night Maxime Luku at nine but I watched a reasonable amount of the top four team when I can and yeah. my, my sort of go-to teams would be Toulouse and Bordeaux he plays at Bordeaux with Jalibert and his form has been just brilliant he has been so good the last few months and he was such a good backup at the World Cup he just they just didn't have a good night and people are saying Legaric should start maybe they're right he's less structured but he's brutal to play against because he's so quick and he's brilliant but you know, Jalibert wasn't great and he's great. Dante was verging on invisible and he's great. I thought Fiku actually was poor. I thought most of his involvements were substandard. So I thought actually, and you're talking about a great player here. So I, you couldn't really pick anyone who was, well, actually, Malvaka I thought was excellent, the hooker. Um, Cyril Bayer I thought was excellent. But other than that, you're struggling really with the French teams. They just they just had a bad night. But um, I... Yeah, and when you Damien Pernod again, even though he's on the wing and he's a, a long way from a lot of the action, he's a decent gauge for France because if he's popping up, scoring tries, scoring trouble, make causing trouble, they're probably on good form. But they were just outgunned, really. They were outthought, and I actually think now I've seen you know the last uh, Six Nations when the two teams played in Dublin, I actually think this French team almost couldn't beat this Irish team. I don't see how they beat them. Like if the things stay roughly the same for the next couple of years, whatever the venue, I actually don't think they can beat Ireland if Ireland continue to progress because Ireland are Ireland asks you loads of questions and tests you for the full hour and a half, you know, with injury time and stuff. And France don't. They just don't do that. They come in phase in, you know, it's they there will well, always be downtime yeah, with Ireland. That kind of is combination. Is obviously, I think, probably number one. But Ringrose didn't play. I thought Henshaw was mm. just beautiful, excellent. He's so good. They, they've got they've got so much strength and depth across that team. It's incredible. Like you know, it is. But even like even yeah, his defense, his defense is was like the Nash try. Just yeah. his footwork, just to step inside Jolly Bear. The offload then to Doris. The hands out to Nash. You know, it was. It's quality play. Like whoever, if they have one or two injuries, some teams can't cope with that. Ireland can. Mm. And by the way, my mate uh, Dave Beresford, who knows more about French rugby than most people in French rugby, texted me the other night and said, "If you get a chance, watch Dupont uh, play for Toulouse. I think it was against Bordeaux. I can't remember. Watch it." Yeah, at 10, because he's on a completely different level. And are we watching the greatest player of all time in the making? Let's see how long he can stay. Just get a charge down. Are we watching the greatest player of all time? Have you not seen and it? Oh, mate. I'm, I'm going like, to find that this afternoon and watch it. Two tries no. that he's heavily involved no. with. It's, I think he is the greatest player of all time. Um, move on, Flats. Give us um, Italy, England. Um, 
yeah, I think England showed in patches um, more ambition with the ball. Um, I think they very likely had a plan for the World Cup, a short-term plan, which was conservative, and it worked to a point, very nearly got them to a final. Um, so that plan is they're, they're loose, loosening things a bit or they're adjusting that plan. Some of the attack looked better. I still think that I love Fraser Dingwall, been a big fan for a long time. A everyone who watches him is a big fan because he's brilliant. But whether it's Dingwall or Slade, you swap out. I think Ollie Lawrence is maybe the biggest loss yeah. England could have suffered at this point because he might be the form player. Um, so and he's just a game breaker in the midfield because he's kind of at this stage in this form, he's got everything. Um, so, but then the real spark for me was uh, Tommy Freeman. Uh, when he gets involved, things happen, and I I feel like. You know, when it's a bit like I remember being at, at Bath with Kyle Eastmond and it's it was like, look, there, there are times when we just, if we're at the end of a tight game and things are really tight and we need to find something, we just have to get the ball to Kyle as much as possible. And Kyle sort of blushed a bit, but that was kind of our plan and it did used to work when he was fit. And it, I feel like England might have end up with a bit of a LeBron theory, a, a LeBron game plan with Tommy Freeman. Let's just involve him as much as possible. Um, yeah. because he's big, quick, and clever, and he does good things. And it, it, he's 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 not beyond mistakes or any, above mistakes or anything like that. The mistakes aren't beyond him, rather. But actually, I I think he is really the spark there. Um, real pace, real size. So that would be the most exciting thing. And I thought the England locks played really well. So Marrow, I thought, was on really, really good form. Chesham, I really, really liked. I thought Ethan Roots. Would he have been my man of the match? Um, I would have been in the top couple. Thought he was excellent, but he wouldn't have been my man of the match. But actually, he's on debut. I thought he carried hard, which is what he's there to do. I thought he was really good. Um, so, yeah, overall, fine. I think that the story of the game isn't England. The story of the game's Italy and the fact that they, very, they certainly could have won that game. I thought their attack looked really, really good. And it wasn't just off-the-cuff flair. It wasn't just going a bit mad and it wasn't passion that nearly won in the game. It was actually being good because in, in the World Cup, England just kicked the plastic off the ball for six weeks most of the time. And in the World Cup, Italy ran everything. And as I've said before in this pod and without boring people senseless, if you have one way to play and that is all you do, you become really predictable. So if you kick everything, everyone knows and they hang back. If you run everything... Everyone knows and they don't, have, you know, so the balance seems to be better for Italy because in the World Cup, they lost all sense of balance, ran from everywhere. Well, they and had, lost, New, they had New Zealand and France. 500 nils New Zealand or whatever it was. Trying to target what, they were trying to target one of those games to get out of their pool. So Of course it is. They, and you, I suppose they had to try something a little bit different. But I've said yeah. this for a couple of years now, Italy, Italy's attack is good. It's better attack than Wales. Um, they get themselves into really good positions. They realign mm. really quickly. And it, it's not just, it's not just stuff second and third phase of set piece it's kick receipt you, you take the ball so many times now that's that's becoming a, a new set piece really mm. kick receipts because you set up you run back and teams like ireland are brilliant at it yeah because they get themselves in, into position so predominantly your 15 is going to take it you're going to set it up and then you get into position and you attack and it's a really good time to attack off set piece uh, off kick receipt a lot of time because sometimes teams are kicking under pressure which means the chase isn't great. You've often got forwards out on that back line as well, which you can attack. But Italy did look good. I think England looked a little bit vulnerable around those wider edges, which is something that Wales will have to look at. But you can't attack like that unless you get any go-forward ball, which could be um, a bit of a nightmare for Wales against England next week. Because if you get on the front foot, then you can attack like that. But it's very difficult to do that off slow ball, as Wales found out. But... I do have to say I was very impressed with Italy. They they sometimes overplay a little bit too much, maybe, and they also are quite susceptible at leaking a few tries. But there is again signs of improvement, which we want to see. So I hope it goes well from this season. Um, they've got Ireland up next, which is going to be tough. Great for Ireland to keep that momentum going from from a great win. Yeah, I'm commentating on that. And they, there's a very, there's a very good chance they won't win that game. But I would love to see them, well, either win it or do brilliantly and 
keep their game together a bit. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, they were, I thought they were really good to watch it. And it wasn't, oh, Latin passion, all that. Yeah. It's not that. That'll get yeah. you through yeah. five minutes. You've actually got to be good. I thought they were really good. Yeah, he's good. How good's Brex, good. by I the way? Nacho Brex, how good better. is he? Brex is good. Joe Brex has come on loads. I think maybe yeah. four years ago, he was just he was just direct. He would just take it up direct. But as the game moves on now, he's he's worked really yeah. hard on that distribution game. So he's worked hard on putting that ball to the line, either tipping it onto someone short, or putting it back behind, which is a real difficult skill. Not everyone can do it, um, and to mm. be able to do it correctly mm. without I don't know without drifting wide, keeping your hips straight giving it late, making sure that you're doing your job of of drawing in defenders. Because mm. so many so many players give it early. When you give it early, it's mm. really easy just to drift off and the whole move then gets stuck. But if you take it flat, you do your job, mm. um, committing those two or three defenders, they can't recover then because defenders are take squared up. Yeah. When the ball goes behind, they can't get back out. And that's where often the space is either on the inside or if someone jams in from the outside because they're panicking, it's on the outside. So, yeah, he's got he's good. But Menoncello is the one for me, mate. Tommaso Menoncello, he's the, he's the one to look out for. But I like the combinations. Okay, I liked um, Tommy Allen at fifteen. Um, yeah, I thought it worked well with him and Garbisi. Mm, I did, yeah. Yeah, they they did look. Still want Orange Capuoso to come back this week. Garbisi, uh, Garbisi at twelve, a little bit just to add another ball player there. It worked okay, but I mm. I do like Tommy Allen at fifteen because he's another creator. And it suits the way Italy play. And it's helping mm. that Benetton are doing pretty well. Zebra have had a better season. You know, they didn't win a game last season. And they've won a few this year. So it does seem that Italian rugby is back on the right track, going the right way. Hope so. Really, really hope so. Um, yeah, let's talk about yeah. the game, please. Um, let's talk about Wales Scotland. I I text you. Okay. I right. Let's just be let's be honest. I text you something on the lines of at half time. You're obviously working, you've got your, your stuff going on, so you couldn't reply, but I text you at half time something on the lines of like, oh my god. Wales, oh oh my god, and then at half <laughs> towards the end of the game, I was like, oh my god, they're amazing. Um, that was, I mean, first of all, Finn Russell was taking the piss in the first half. He was doing exactly what he wanted. That was one of the easiest yeah, halves of international rugby were, he will ever play. I thought um, we were going to go out and play a little bit different, and I thought we were going to go out and try something because the pressure is off because it's been reset. Welsh rugby and loads of new players have come in so I thought it might be a case of not being too pragmatic go out there and actually trying to play a little bit different because you can't have muscle teams anymore you know because of personnel you know personnel that takes how you want to play like if mm. if Scotland had I don't know Andre Pollard at 10 they wouldn't play the same way as they do with Finn Russell so personnel dictates how you play so Wales would play a certain way with Dan Bigger, but that wouldn't work with maybe Sam Costello or Johan Lloyd at 10. Um, but Johan Lloyd. I think yeah. tactically in the first half, Wales got it wrong because we were setting up rucks in the midfield only for Sam Costello to drop back into the pocket just to kick it. And that's pre-called already. I thought that Scotland were winning the game line battle defensively, so they come off the line far quicker than Wales were running the ball at them. And Wales couldn't generate really any quick ball off first phase. That has a knock-on effect then second and third phase because you're against numbers. It's slow ball. And any times that we did get quick ball off first phase, second or third phase then would either turn the ball over or be forced to kick because Scotland's defence was so good and they were winning all the collisions. There were four lineouts in Scotland's 22 in the first half, which either were ruined at source or one or two phases later looked a shambles really of of a Welsh attack and I thought going in I, I thought Scotland were good thought Scotland were good I showed a clip on scrum five flats of there was a turnover ball on the line out and Finn Russell kicks it wide yeah. to Carl Rowe Carl Rowe catches it and he's he's half a metre from touch and he's not a big bloke Carl Rowe he's not Duan mm. van der Merwe and you've got you've got Rio Dye and Cam win it there 
bloke should have been bundled into touch. There was no physical edge in that game in the first half. Nothing. Six phases later, Duan van der Merwe's mm. scored. You know, so there was there was no. Mm. I, they looked they lacked emotion. I think in the first half, and Scotland were good. Scotland looked good. Finn Russell, you're right, had an armchair ride, mm-hmm. but I thought half time, twenty points in, stranger things have happened. This will test Scotland's mental strength now, and then lo and behold, two minutes after half time. Mm really poor kick chase from Wales because you watch it if you watch it back have a look at Johan Lloyd have a look at Nick Tompkins they're not as a line they're individual chasing Nick Tompkins oh, the, the kick chase they showed it on, yeah, saw it on television Lloyd ends up it, was, it wasn't a kick chase it wasn't thinking, a kick chase what's going on there and then it's a good offload by Finn Russell and a hell of a finish by Van der but what is that that's not what you're taught like yeah it was bizarre. And the only Wales were then forced to play. You're 27 points down. You, you know you're not going to go for goal. You're not going to you, you're not going to kick the ball that much. You're not going to play percentage rugby because you're so many points behind. And I just hate the fact that it takes 27 points on the scoreboard for Wales to go out there and actually try something. And when they did, mate, they looked good. They look great. They look much better with uh, Thomas Williams and Johan Lloyd on halfbacks that are much more threatening. Mike Wainwright really set the tone from a couple of kickoffs where he got it and instead of being conservative, he just went for it. And that was the first time we really saw what an athlete he is in that game because he is an athlete specimen and he went for it and I thought he really set the tone as well in that second half. But what I would ask you, what I would wonder is, Wales have got this conservative game plan. Gatland has won a lot of big games and been and have been a great coach. But the game plan, the approach tends to be British Lions and all that. So I would look at this Welsh team and think, I know they're chasing the game, pressure's off to a certain extent, although 27-0 down at home, you could argue the pressure's tripled. But they are chasing a game. But I think the Welsh team looks significantly more suited to playing an expansive, aggressive game than the conservative game. So when they play England this weekend... Will they go back to conservative game plan, which didn't look like it suited them? They weren't very good at it, frankly. Or do they actually say, we're going to try and sting England in attack and we're going to play far more like we did in the second half? Because I'd love to, I'd love to think they'd the do that, but I feel like history tells us they won't. Right? That's just a fact. But you can you can play slightly differently to, to what Wales have played for. I, I, I hope you're right, Flats. I hope it, there is a, a clear message given this week from Gatland because that's the only place it's it's the only place it's going to come from you know because well, attacking focus yeah really what Wales and how Wales will play because that's all you do in training you go through scenarios of what you do um I, I really do because we have to play differently I, I, first half some of our decoys were so poor I highlighted a couple of them on the on the show like just you've got people ambling you know to um, take a run off nine and they're plainly not going to get the ball you know and it's just so easy to move across and, and drift off when you look at some of the better teams mm-hmm. Ireland they're not really decoys because everyone's mm-hmm. an option you know and, and they run with conviction we, we didn't run with conviction in the first half so it was an absolute nightmare I think Elliot D made a, an improvement when he came on as well hope he starts next week as well even though even though we lost one of the lineouts, agreed he um, was very good yeah, four yeah. or five minutes before the end but a couple of things that a couple of things during that game were mm. second half miles better. We we ran the ball. We we actually had a crack and we tried to get the ball wide um, into into the wingers' hands. I thought Josh Adams was quite quiet. One of his very quiet games got turned over a couple of times. Mason Grady, I think, needs to start. Yuan Lloyd needs to start. I think Sam Costello is out. I don't think he's going to recover from an HIA. So, Johan Lloyd starts. If he was fit, I think they may have okay. stayed with Sam Costello. And I picked Johan Lloyd on the bench because I think he's, you need a player like him on there. Not just wingers can be finishers, and most wingers are finishers, but you need some level of creativity in there. You can't just, you need someone to create that space for a winger. And he is very good at that. You know, he's a, he's got good pace, but he's, he's also can deliver. And put players into into space, put players through holes. So 
I picked him on the on the wing, thinking that Sam Costello might be fit. Yeah, but he's not, and I you think Sam. What? I think he's going to start Johan Lloyd at ten. Yes. Um, so I, I think Will Rowlands might be back as well, which is well. which is good. But we this was a strange one, Flax. Uh, Scotland were down to a player. They gave 14 penalties away on the bounce. Half time was in between. Half time was in between. So you can't. Yeah, amazing that, that. With a bit of context. Amazing but that. It was uh, yeah. 70 minutes on the clock and Sione Turpalutu was off. And Scotland were under pressure. And we end up kicking the ball away. We kicked the ball away. We didn't get the ball back for four minutes. That's four minutes. And then Turpalutu comes back on then. So that's four minutes there where a team is under pressure and you've got to go from, you've got to go from then. Oh. Uh, we end up getting another line out then, which we lose, but 40 men on the field, kick the ball away. You don't get it back for four minutes. I just, you've got to know how to put teams away. And I think we just lacked a little bit of composure towards the end because as weird as the game was, we had more chances than Scotland. We had more entries, I think, in the 22. We had more scoring opportunities, but we couldn't do mm. enough with it. And, and I know that's not mm. rugby. You know, rugby is about how many points you come away with when you go into 22s. But there were chances there for Wales. And Scotland were under pressure for about 15 minutes in the front uh, in the start of that, for, in the first half, from about 10 minutes onwards. And Wales couldn't do anything with it. So a little bit disappointing, but not too bothered, mate, because we're in a cycle. And, you know, if it was three or four years ago, you'd, you know, you could probably really get into the boys and say, you know, that's not good enough. But, but loads of new players. Cam it looked pretty good um, at 15. Hope he keeps his spot. Um, you know, there was, um, mm. there was a pretty inexperienced front row, which went well. Domachowski, Azarati, when he came on, and, and Elliot D as well. I thought they were really good. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, so, I'd start with both of those. Not two all doing the glue, mate, but I just hope we start games better and actually, from the start, want to go out there and, and attack rather than just playing percentage rugby. It was deep, wasn't it? It was deep. Yeah, there. that's what I hope as well. That's what I hope as well. Do you know um, what? I have got some questions which we have oh to God. answer because I put it out there. What? Yeah, we will be quick. We will be quick, okay. Um, be quick then, because I've got a coffee meeting. Dan Stoneman. This is all from X. In six nations of meat, what six choices are you going for? And rank them, please. Did... Six nations what? of meat. Is it? Well, everyone That's has steak. That's one for each country. What's your, what's your favourite meat? Okay. Yeah. Ribeye steak is probably my favourite meat. Roast chicken I struggle to beat if it's done well. I want to go, probably... yeah. I like a thick ribeye. I want a thick ribeye. Um, I'm going to go Jack. second. I'm going to go a roast chicken. We'll say France for that. Nice garlicky lamb shoulder. Yeah, I'll have a bit of that. Um, Italian sort of cured meats. Yeah, I'm a okay. I'm up for that. Um, I can find. I'll find meat anywhere. Irish. What we have in Ireland. Um, Sausages. Beef again. Beef. Do you know what I used to get from Ireland? Ryan Caldwell, my old mate, second row from Bath. He, well, played for Bath. He's from Belfast. He used to have his butcher mate send us over steak beef sausages from Ireland. And they were lush. Okay, they were right. lush. I really like those. Please don't give right, a long on. answer on this. Uh, I, Scotland Haggis. Yeah, go on. Just don't give us a long answer on this one because All right. um, this is from... I'm in a rush anyway, so go on. MC Tom ID. I don't know what his name is. Weird one. You're the one um, making it take ages now. I know. All right, right. What's Flats' thoughts on insurance hike on Land Rovers now they can be stolen? Uh, actually, um, well, Land Rover brought out their own insurance now, but the new, read Jeremy Clarkson's article from a couple of weeks ago, okay, the new Range Rovers are incredibly difficult to steal. Um, and I think he says in his column, only three have been stolen since they were released. Um, and I did read that uh, the problem is effectively solved. Now, I could be wrong on that. Um, but I had a mate who will re remain nameless because I, I haven't asked his permission, but an ex-player 
who rang me and said, I can't get insurance for my Range Rover. And uh, can you help me? Because I bought a Range Rover and I can't get it insured. This isn't quick. And it's now. This isn't quick. This isn't quick. And anyway, I called him a couple of weeks later and said, I've got someone for you. And he goes, no, it's all sorted now. It's fine now. So it's back back to normal. So I'd found someone with a dealership who would do a thing. And he was like, no, it's all good. So I think that is kind of, I don't know. It could be kind of past. Quick yep. fire. Okay, Dave. Got it? Yep. Yep. Um, what would you do if you weren't playing rugby? If you didn't play rugby, what would you do? Uh, be a farmer. Be an accountant, I reckon you'd be. I wouldn't. Uh, you'd be the opposite of that. What would, yeah, go on then. Be in the army. <laughs> um, farmer. Why are Wales playing South Africa and England? I saw that. Maybe to do with trying to fill a stadium full of South Africans, possibly. So are they playing? Where are they playing? Apparently, Wales playing South Africa and Twickenham in the autumn. Are they really? Mm. Just maybe trying That's to promote rugby down there. Uh, the only thing I can think of, Flats, would be why so the Ospreys played the Sharks down in Twickenham before, was just trying yeah. to tap into that South African market. Um, but there's yeah. more South Africans in London than there would be in Wales. I'm trying to get more people to the games, I would say. I love how France go around the country. Marseille Friday night, Lille next weekend, whenever it is. I like that. I like the idea of the England team going to a different stadium myself. Yep. Um, and that was from Laura. Uh, we'll do one more. This is from Philip Morris. Do you think ending the Wales 25 cap rule and the England Prem only rule um, would affect the leagues and player developments? Um, yeah, it would affect the league, I think, if Wales ended the 25 cap rule because I think the majority of people would go and it would take too long to recover. I, I do like the 25 cap rule um as it stands but i think if we lost if we lost too many players too many youngsters then that might be a bit of an issue um but if we don't have a 25 cap rule then the league will become unbelievably tough for us and we'll be right down the bottom all the way through so it serves its purpose for me Plans. Yeah, I'm, and I'm a lot of people now are saying that England should relax the rule about letting people go to France, go abroad, and still play for England. I don't agree. I think they should keep the rule. Um, I know there's a restriction of trade issue there, and the lads can't earn as much. But what what thing is, English clubs cannot compete with French clubs at this stage. They cannot. English clubs have gone bust. It could happen again. So we have to, instead of trying to compete with French clubs, it's like, well, if you're not going to let them go, you've got to pay them more. You cannot pay them more. You cannot start playing players more than they're paid now. I want the lads to earn millions, but the club's major outlay is player wages. And the, all these clubs are in debt, or so many, if not all, so many of these clubs are in millions of pounds worth of debt every year, losing millions. If you don't prioritise the health of the premiership, there will be no clubs to supply the England team. So you'll be getting, you'll be taking an England team from French and Japanese clubs and the odd Welsh and Irish, whatever it is. You will be picking an England team almost entirely from abroad. So we need to prioritise the Prem. And actually, the the, hate, the word product is grim, but the, the actual quality of the Prem has been amazing the last season and a half. It's been brilliant. So I, I actually, I agree with the rule. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's enough for us. All right. Yeah. Well done, guys. Keep going. That was deep, yeah? Right. Who's going to win the weekend, quickly? England will beat Wales. Ireland will beat Italy. And Scotland will beat France. Ooh, I, I agree with you? all of those. I agree with all those, apart from I think France will beat Scotland. Okay, let's find out. Okay. They Good luck, everyone. Already. All right. Bye, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Bye. See you tomorrow. Cheers, boy. Half 12. Are you having a few beers or not? Are you going ahead and off? <laughs> Long day at the races, haven't you? That's all. I've got nowhere to stay yet, either. No. I'll book something. All right, cheers, boy. Those. Bye. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.